0: Well, happy Sabbath to everyone. And I'll tell you, it's great to be back for you on the telephone line. I, my wife and I have been gone for, it seems like, six or seven months, but it's been only three weeks. But it is great to be back. I know for for me, it's always been that wherever we have our house, that's where our home is. And being out here in Anatoly it's really our family, uh, our friends. Uh, and we really missed being here. There's a couple of times I wish I could have rescheduled everything. You know, like the second day I was gone, <laughs> and come back. <laughs> Although I did enjoy the uh, terrible weather they had in Florida. You know, I went around in a t-shirt. You know, and you know, go outside in the middle of the night and still in the t-shirt. So, you know, that 75, 80 degree weather while well, you were freezing. <laughs> Those people here in Anathoth, anyway. But it is good to be back. I want to go through. i got a. I got enough material here to cover about two or three hours. But uh, I will I'll probably not do it. <laughs> I was hoping maybe Darrell would have about 30 minutes of uh, announcements, but he didn't do that. But I still will not cover all of this. I, when I was there on uh, on this trip, uh, I, whether it was in Florida or I was in Tennessee, those things it get confusing, I, they had a uh, program on, it was either on the uh, National Geographic Channel or on the, this other channel that gives history things, the History Channel, and it was about a world without man. Now, maybe some of you have seen that. I don't know whether I saw the first of it because I, I I don't remember how they got rid of humans. <laughs> but they were able to get rid of humans and have animals still and plants. And so that part was kind of vague, but they they pointed out how um, after a few weeks uh, without human beings around, this would happen after another few weeks and a few months. and after a couple of years, you see the plants climbing up and taking over buildings. And, uh, but, and I know I'm talking with my wife about that. I can remember years ago in um, Working Bees and we drove up Sunshine Boulevard and they had just built a brand new house. It was a wood frame building and no one lived in it. And uh, as time progressed and over a period of a couple of years, I noticed that the house sort of deteriorated. It kind of, well, it looked like it died. That's why I used to make that comment. The house literally died because there's no humans there. And this program they had, it it looked like that's probably what was happening. No one around, nobody to maintain it. You know, human beings, we maintain things. And uh, I know for other scientific programs that they had on there that, they talk about you know when that meteorite hit there off the coast of uh, the Yucatan Peninsula and it wiped out all the dinosaurs uh, and everything died. And then I guess everything decided somehow it was going to come back. But they pointed out in that program if a meteorite, if this day in time would come and strike the earth, it would make a massive devastation of this earth but they did admit the humans the, the scientists admit that humans would know how enough of them would know how to survive so when i saw this program i always wondered what happened to the humans how could it destroy humans unless you know they got this pack out they start shooting everybody and they get down to where they got 10 people and then they draw straws who's going to shoot the rest of them and finally the only way to it a human life in this Uh, without you know, God intervening, would be the last guy would have to commit suicide, and that's the only way that humans would be annihilated and let the animals live. But but anyway, I want to cover a, a deal on and look at a different approach. Not a world without humans, but a world without Satan. Now wouldn't that be interesting? Because we look at the scriptures and the scriptures talk about a time when Satan won't be around. A whole world without satanic influence. That, that really is joyful to me with what we have today. But think of a world today, a world that is today ruled by Satan. Well, Satan is out there it is a, uh, Satan's influence on humans. And the word influence, I've looked that up, and it's the power extended over the mind or behavior of others. So we live in a world today, so we'll go into that first, a world today that is influenced by Satan. He has, or it has, I don't know why we always call it Satan that we, we give him a gender, but Satan has no gender. We know the scriptures say that uh, in the world tomorrow, uh, Christ pointed out when the one lady said, or the, they said that she had seven husbands. Well, who's going to be her husband? It'll said it'll be like the angels. They will marry. They will not marry or, or be given in marriage. The Satan, uh, the angels cannot re recreate or you know have children. So, a world ruled by Satan today who has control on human minds. You know, I was listening to what Terry was saying there and talking about the, the uh, political arena that we have going on today. I, I could stand about five or ten minutes of the debate they had. Uh, they had four men for the Republican Party. And after about a few minutes, it just... Was more like it was. I couldn't take it anymore because they let two men. It just points out how this government is trying to control your mind, or Satan's controlling your mind. They have two people that are really going to run. They had two others, Ron Paul and uh, uh, Huckabee. They didn't let them hardly talk, but the other two could talk and talk and talk and talk and just tell anything they wanted to. But they would cut Ron Paul and Huckabee off. So I got the message is, they're telling you, this is who you're going to have to choose from. And that's a a way of Satan's life. He's telling us who will rule us, because we're like in a chess game. People, we're like in a chess game. You have a row of pawns, and you have your rooks, and your knights, and your bishops, and your king and queen. The pawns are sacrificed. And that's what we do today. As far as Satan's concerned, human beings are nothing but pawns. He'll sacrifice you. And our government sacrifices our children on a daily basis. And to me, it's sad that our government is so influenced that we send our young boys and girls over to a war. They get wounded. Leg taken off, arm taken off, or they're maimed in some other way. They return back to the states and the first thing they want to do is take their real estate bonus. That's sad. But this is the world we live in. It is the power, Satan, controlling human minds. Or human behavior. Revelation chapter 20 verses 1 through 3, Revelation 20, 1 through 3. And I know this is talking of the future. And here John writes, And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, the devil, Satan, and bound him a thousand years. This is what's going to be in the future. That's why I said, a world without Satan's influence. He will be bound a thousand years and cast into the bottom of the pit and shut up and set a seal upon him that he shouldn't deceive the nations no more till a thousand years be fulfilled and after that he must be loosed a little season. So here John, by inspiration of Emmanuel, is telling us that Satan... He is influencing mankind. He influences all of our activities. But God doesn't particularly care about that influence, does He? God says about the influence in Ephesians 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, And you, has He quickened, talking about us, The few that are willing to open up our minds, are willing to let God direct them, he says, but you has he quickened. If we are striving to follow God's commands, he said, he's quickened you who were dead in trespasses and sins. Because we lived in this world, didn't we? We took part in that. You did not choose to come to God's on your own. It was God who called you. God opened our understanding. And he continues to open our minds as we are willing to listen. But it's interesting as God opens, and you know, we've been given a lot of tremendous blessings lately. Last week's sermon, I just sat there, my mouth opened. I mean, there's things I've heard. But my mind had been closed. But are we willing to listen? Because we, listened, we lived in this world too. Wherein, in times past, you walked according to the course of this world. Isn't that true? Have we not walked like other human beings? Were we not involved in politics, whether it be our county or our city or our state or our nation? Or... Politics even in jobs. I mean, I've been in a lot of jobs, uh, where there's a lot of politics, especially when I worked in the, as in the Air Force and in NASA. There's a lot of politics out there. So here we are, we work, we walk according to this world. According to the Prince of the Power of the Air. Isn't that right? Christ, I mean Satan is in charge. Of this world. And God's left his hand to it. So here we are. We walk according to the Prince of the of the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. So these people out here, God's not really concerned about their life at this point in time. God's concerned about you. God's concerned because this is Satan's world. And we're, we're looking forward to that time when it will not be Satan's world. A time when these things won't occur. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. It's talking about us. We're no different at that time as anybody else in the world. But God, through His ultimate love and mercy, certainly looked down upon us and selected you. And now He's asking you to open your mind and begin to listen and make changes in your life. But we were like the rest of the world. So it's difficult for us, I think, to sit up there and condemn other people. They don't know what they're doing. So who can you condemn then? Number one. Huh? So sort only of one person you can change. Yet, I know all of us sometime in the past have thought, boy, if we could just get a brother, or sister, a mother, father, children... But we could just change their minds. You can't. Unless God opens it, there's no way. So the only one, because you're there, how can we go out there and condemn these people when they don't know any better? They are influenced at this very day and time by Satan. They're influenced. He guides their thoughts and actions. 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3. All writing, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. So he's saying, it is hid, it's possible hid, but who is it hid from? For only those people that are lost, those people that are under Satan's influence, you should not be under the influence of Satan right now. now. You should be letting God guide and direct your mind, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that have believed not. So Paul, writing, says, hey, I understand it. I see that those people out there cannot understand God's way of life. And you can preach to this world to your blue in the face. And you won't change any of them. They'll look down on you. And how many times have we heard in the past few years, it's going to be the world against those that love God and follow His commands. It'll be the world against the church. Why? Because they're under Satan's influence, and we are to be under God's influence. So, if we're under God's influence, the world cannot understand God, he said. It's it's impossible. It's hid. God's Word is hid from them. And they are blinded, lest the light of the glorious Gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So, God does this purposefully. You know, if you read in... Zachariah, if you forget or think you forget or deliberately forget to keep the peace, what does God say He's going to do? He's going to, he's going to take away your water. He's going to make it tough on you. Why? So that you come to the point to let God guide you and you realize, I don't want to live contrary to God. So God gives you the understanding, but the world does not. So it's awful difficult at this time to look over there and judge even though I do. I I was really upset at the um, news media because they push who they want the people to vote for. They are setting it up based on the backing that's with them under the influence of Satan. Who's going to run? And God allows it. As He already said, He's going to let the basest of men rule. They will rule this world. They think they're the greatest. But their life isn't happy. We can be happy. Remember in Jeremiah 17, verse 9? Let's see where I want to go first. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. And I'm not sitting here... and. It's before our services started and I, I looked at this. Jeremiah 17, 5 says, Thus says the Lord, or Emmanuel, Cursed be the man that trusts in men and makes flesh his arm and whose heart he parts from the, from the eternal. So, we don't want to find ourselves trusting in human beings, do we? the world does. They're putting their trust in this country, in who they're going to set up to lead the country. And as soon as they put a man in charge, then they go out to put him down, because they're not satisfied anyway. I don't care whether it's a Republican or Democrat. They're not going to do what they say they're going to do. So people are putting their trust. Oh, this man promises us low taxes, He promises to bring our children home, He promises this, He promises that. As soon as you get in office, all that's gone. I mean, these are just, we're trusting in what they say. So people go by and say, trust me. Well, sometimes you have to wonder, am I really going to trust another human being? God says, don't trust people. Trust Him. His word, what's right here what you have to trust. Because we will fall. We will make mistakes. I know in God's church, uh, each and every one of us have the right heart, but sometimes we make mistakes. And as we get older, we might say we'll do something, and you know if you have, a, we call it uh, senior moments. <laughs> My senior moments sometimes only last about Five minutes, and then I forget what I'm doing. The other day, I went, I was going to do something just about two days ago, and I walked into the computer room and walked back out and said, "What did I, what was I here for?" <laughs> so men will make mistakes. So we can't trust our own intentions. We have to trust in God. He promises us everything. But as long as we're in this world, underneath the influence of Satan. We can't trust Satan. Adam and Eve, remember? God put two people on this planet. Gave them everything. Put them in a beautiful garden. They had all they would ever need. They had a happy marriage. They had a plenty to eat. They had a beautiful garden. Everything was friendly. Until what? They listened to the wrong influence. Their marriage went downhill. They lost their home. They lost everything they had. Had to get out and start to grub out food uh, with briars and thorns. And it was difficult. Why? Because the first two humans listened to the wrong influence. So does Satan influence? Sure he does. It went to the point that he had to destroy the whole world. Because mankind was so influenced by Satan's way of life that God just couldn't take it anymore. And He put down all but eight people. But it didn't take long, did it? We tuned in to the wrong broadcast. <laughs> we tuned in to Satan. Jeremiah 17, go on verse 9 now. The heart... Human hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who knows what our heart is? God says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the rings, even to give to every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So God's looking out there seeing, are you going to allow Satan to influence you like the world or are you going to let me influence you? He offers more than Satan. I watched about 20 minutes, I guess, because I had nothing else to do, of Star Wars 5. What impressed me about it was, here's Darth Vader speaking to Luke Skywalker and saying, I am your son. If you will just align with me, we will control the world. And then it'll come to my mind instantly, Matthew 4. And what do we see in Matthew 4? Satan out there telling Christ, if you will align with me, if you let me influence you and you worship me, I'll give you everything. We will control everything. But thankfully, our Savior... Our God said, I will have nothing to do with it, you know. I'm not going to follow you. I'm not going to tempt God. I'm going to live by every word that comes from God. And I'm not going to worship you. So that was really impressive to think that here God says, He searches the heart. So where do we stand? Are we... Tuning in, like a radio station, you can tune and tune and tune. You can find all kinds of things on a radio. This whole room right here is just filled with tremendous types of sounds. We just don't know how to tune into it with our heads. And it's a good thing. If we could tune into the thoughts, each other's thoughts, or tune into a radio station, the noise would be just overwhelming. And not only is there... Audio, but there's also video. And can you imagine if you could tune into that too? Well, God doesn't want us tuning into Satan's influence. We look at this world that's filled with the wrong influence. Verse 11, As the partridge sits on eggs and hatches them not, so he that gets riches and not by right shall leave them in the midst of his days, and his end shall be a fool. Well, the world wants worldly riches. And they want worldly understanding. And they want worldly knowledge. And they want to tune in to Satan's influence. And so their program of the world, the world government, is 500 million people. What about the rest of them? Well, if you're old... If you're maimed, if you're weak, do away with them. Do away with anybody that can't support the 500 million that they want to keep. But that's not God's way, is it? That's Satan's influence. Satan's thoughts. So the partridge sits on the eggs and hatches them not. If we sit and tune ourselves into the world, We're not going to have a part of what God wants. So God sends people. He chooses them. You know, I was talking to my wife again about that. Things I didn't understand. And yet Paul said, how do we understand? How is it possible for us to grasp what God wants unless he sends someone to teach us? Oh, I've heard people say, I understand this, I understand that. But then, when God sends the right people, you have a better understanding. If you listen to the influence of Satan, you will have the wrong understanding. Isaiah 31. We live in Satan's world. He's in charge, or it's in charge. Verse 1, Isaiah 31.1. He says, woe to them that go down to Egypt for help. He's talking to the church here. He's talking to you and to me. Those who have said, I want to follow God. But then he says, woe to them that go down to Egypt, to this world's governments, this world's knowledge, this world's influence for help. And say, uh, and stay on. Uh, Horses and trust in chariots because they are many, and the horses, horsemen, because they are very strong. Well, look at it. So our chariots today are tanks. Our horses are Humvees. We walk around with uh, assault rifles, airplanes that can shoot down people a long way. We're developing new weaponry that will shoot projectiles at five times the speed of sound without a propellant other than an electromagnetic field. And they can cast those things accurately 50 miles away so that you don't know where they came from. So do we trust in those things? Do we go down to Egypt? because they are very strong, but they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. What are we doing? Are we influenced by the things in this government? Our our government is not really out here to help you. It's for personal benefit in most cases. They want a one world government. They want to be able to dictate how you live your life. And have we not had a paper produced by the county that's telling you they want to totally dictate how you live in this community, in this county, in this state, in this country? Yet, he also is wise and will bring evil and will not call back his word. God's not going to call back his word but we'll raise up against the horses of evildoers and against the help and against the help of them that work iniquity. And now the Egyptians are men and not God. See, these people are not gods. They're human beings. Can we trust them? And their horses are flesh and not spirit. And when the Lord shall stretch out His hand, both he that helps shall fall, and he that is helping shall fall down, and they all shall fall together. The world is destined to collapse. It is under satanical influence. And if we want to trust our government, and we're hurting. We have to put up. We have to live here, you know. Revelation 18.4 tells us to come out of this world. Are we all the way out? No, we still live here in cane beds. We still live in the state of Arizona. Some of us live in the state of Utah and other states, and we are still among them, but are we of them? God says, come out of them. Are we still striving to come out or are we just accepting part of it? We have to really make a lot of change because Satan's influence is out there. It's there to pull us down. Second Peter 2. 2 Peter 2, verse 12. But these human beings in this world, in Christ talking or Emmanuel talking to us, but these are brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that are under, uh, they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Do we listen to the game sayers? Are we listening to God? God chooses who will teach us. Like I said, Paul understood that there are things we cannot understand. There are things that we can read, and until he inspires, we won't understand it. We've heard those scriptures last week. Tremendous things. Are we baptized in the Trinity? You know, those things might have bothered you for years, but we never searched it out, did we? We didn't look into it in depth. What about the name? You know, it was interesting when Darrell gave that sermon two years ago, thereabouts, about the name of Jesus I never gave it a thought. I knew that uh, the world would come in and how would they know the difference? Because they'll come in and say, this is Jesus. Because they have a false Jesus. Because they're still influenced by Satan. We will not be if we understand what God wants us to understand. If we let God influence our daily life all the way. Paul told us that we are to tune into to the right broadcasts. Satan broadcasts not in words, not in words all the time. Mr. Armstrong was inspired to write that in the booklet, The Wonderful World Tomorrow. He said that we think sometimes that Satan's broadcasting words, but no, he broadcasts in attitudes. So look at the attitudes. Here Paul said these brute beasts, they, they, they speak of evil things. So their influence, their attitude is not a godly attitude. And so he broadcasts in attitudes. But our Savior doesn't listen to that, did he? In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, Hebrews four, and he, you know, Emmanuel was here. He lived as a human being to go through all these things for our benefit. Hebrews four fifteen. For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities; he can feel what we're going through. Satan lived. I mean, Emmanuel lived here and went through this so that he would know what it was like to be a human being. To go through the same things that we go through. It's not he could not be touched with our feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like we are, but he didn't sin. Why? Because he never tuned into the attitudes that Satan was broadcasting. It's an attitude of this world. Ephesians chapter 4. We're told by Paul, by Emmanuel, Ephesians 4 verse 27, neither give place to the devil. We're not to turn our minds to, a, to Satan's influence, to Satan's attitude. was his attitude there in the Garden of Eden? Well, did God tell you? He's hiding something from you. The attitude was, God does more. He's holding it back. And you're just as good, maybe even a little better. You're certainly better than angels. And you're probably as good as God. So, you know, he's trying to hold back something from you. Is God holding it back from us? No. Satan's attitude is, question God question God? Do we do that? Do we question when we're given opportunities to know what the rest of the world wants to know but can't? Second, 1 Peter 5 1 Peter 5 verse 8 1 Peter 5 verse 8 Again, Peter writing like Paul Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Satan would like to destroy you. You're nothing but a pawn. And specifically in the church, and specifically those that are letting God influence them, Satan wants to destroy you. More than anybody else. So he said... Be vigilant. You don't slack off. Don't take one moment to let Satan influence your mind because he it will do that. Be sober. Satan is roaring around. He wants to devour you. Whom resist, verse 9, steadfast in the faith, knowing that some afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So people go through a lot of trials. And I know it's tough. You can get discouraged. You can think, well, we're living on this property and everything goes real good. And then you run out of gas and have to walk. And you get discouraged. (laughs) I say that because I, I did that the other day. But you have to say, well, maybe you didn't use the right... Didn't use enough wisdom, maybe. But other trials can come. Your car breaks down. You uh, plant a garden and it freezes, and everything you know just coming up just right. You know, look at and it freezes, and you get discouraged. All that time and effort I put in. Or maybe your furnace breaks down, and you have no heat, and it's 10 degrees outside. Well we can't let things like that discourage us. As Satan would like to, and every time that something trial comes up, he'll broadcast an attitude out. But you have to resist that attitude. You know, take it on the chin and go forward, you know, it's most of that's not gonna hurt you anyway. Ephesians 6. So our, we're not the only one going through trials and troubles and tribulations. That's why Christ said in every way he was tried, but he didn't sin. So when things happen, a trial hits you, there's probably a benefit if we were really look at it. If we look the negative side, I'll guarantee you, you will be influenced by Satan. But if you look at the positive aspect of it, the positive side, well, maybe there's something I can gain from this. Uh, I gain the fact that don't trust your gas gauge (laughs) and make sure you got enough fuel in there. So you can't be negative. Well, always me, I'm always down. No, just got to go forward and and make the right decisions and try to find what's going to really upbuild you there. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God. So that's how you fight these attitudes by having the godly armament on. You have to have God's armament on that you're able to stand against Satan's broadcasts, Satan's attitudes, Satan's things, because it's easy to get down and discouraged I don't care what what it might be, Satan will try to discourage you. But if you have God's armament on, then you're not going to have to worry about that, are you? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. <laughs> our battle is not against other human beings, or against our government and those people running over there. Those people do not know God's way of life. And so they're out there doing uh, human thoughts, human actions, and just stumbling along, doing the best they possibly can with what understanding they have, not seeing the future. You can tell them what's going to happen in the future. You can even tell people that are in God's church things that are going to be in the future. And for the most part, they don't understand. And I've had one fella tell me that two weeks ago. I said, told him about a future with Christ ruling of this world going down. I don't want to hear those things. All I want to know is how to be happy. Be happy and sit in church and warm the chair. You know, let the teacher teach me nice things. They don't want to hear that we're going to be set upon by the world. It's going to be the world against the church. And you say that it's going to be the world against the church. And it's possible. And I told him, I said, ask him said, uh, tell me, whereabouts in the Middle East do you find bears? I said, it's one thing. Just look that up. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to look that up. I don't care. I'll let the minister tell me what I need to know. Well, if you hear stuff, it's your obligation. Remember, Paul said, prove all things. It doesn't say the minister prove it and you accept it. It says for you, it's an individual thing because you can't change anybody. So you have to prove these things. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness, of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So that's where our problem comes from us. We see people, we want to blame President. We want to blame Congress. but actually, it's telling us that Satan is ruling this world. It's influencing. So we live in a satanical-influenced world. And we see this world, the world is deceived, brethren. You shouldn't be, but the world is deceived. In Proverbs chapter 6, you know, we cover this a lot. We have to see out there things. It tells us here things that God hates. Proverbs 6, verse 16 through 19 so it says that these six things God hates. God's mind hates these things. Yes, seven are abomination to Him. A proud look. Well, where does a proud look come from? Certainly not from God. Remember when the three disciples were up on the mountain with Emmanuel and they heard a voice saying, This is my son, in whom I am proud of. No, he didn't say that, did he? He said, whom I am well pleased. I am well pleased with my son. But pride doesn't come from God. So, in this world that we live in, it tells us right here that these things God hates. Pride, because a proud look the way you look out how great I am and walk around how good I am and all these great things that I can do—that's a proud look. But that is of this world, a lying tongue. Christ told the scribes and Pharisees, didn't he? he? Said, "You are of your father. He was a liar from the beginning. Not God. God gives us the truth." What we hear as God inspires it is the truth. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. Lying, uh, falsehoods, all those things will shed innocent blood, whether it be spiritually or physically innocent blood. The heart that uh, devises wicked imaginations. So a human or human nature Devises all kinds of things, and especially under the influence of Satan. And so this is the world that we live in today. Despise, uh, a heart that despises wicked imaginations. Feet that are swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaks lies. And we've seen that and run into that constantly. And he that sows discord among his brethren. That's why God hates discord. That's why God hates for human beings to look at other human beings and try to find fault with them. Because what you're doing is saying, "I'm pretty good," and if I can point somebody else's problems out, then you won't be looking at me. So God hates that kind of thing. Satan did that to Adam, or did that to Eve, who then. Who she passed it on to Adam, and he might have been there looking at it anyway. But he's, you know, it. Satan was causing discord, causing a breaking apart of a relationship that he had established. And the same holds true in the church today. God has established with you a friendship and a communication line. And if someone comes in and tries to break that communication line, God hates that. But this is the world we live in, isn't it? It's a world that that happens on a daily basis. Uh, Terry was bringing that out. How they were at each other's throats in the same party, you know, at each other's throats, trying to cause discord trying to break people's mind away from each other. That's our world today that we live in. That's this world. A world that is filled with falseness and discord. So God hates that. So we need to then grasp it. We don't want to be a part of that, do you? So how can we then go out and criticize and condemn condemn someone else until we look into the mirror and say, this is the way I am. I can't change you, you can't change me. You can tell me, you can say, here's the way you're going wrong, but it's up to me to change my life to follow Emmanuel, not you. You can only pray. And ask that my mind would be opened up. And I can pray and ask that your mind be opened up. And we can pray for each other. And we can help and support each other. But we can't change somebody else. And when we go out there and we hear something that God's guiding and directing us down the line and doing, and we throw little bits of other information in to cause doubt, God hates that. If you don't agree with what God's teaching you through His servants, you best keep it to yourself and take it to God. Let Him do the changing. It's His responsibility. It's God's responsibility to call anybody. It's God's responsibility to correct this world. It's your responsibility to get yourself in line with what God wants. And if you can't do that, you can't certainly can't do it with somebody else. So, be very, very cautious of condemning someone else. It's easy to do that. It's really easy to do that. Hosea chapter 4. Hosea 4. This being deceived, this world that is deceived, And being to deceive is to lead astray or frustrate by underhandedness. Frustrating people by underhanding things or to lead people astray. You really have to be careful doing that. Hosea 4 verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. Talking to the church here and to the nation. For the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land because there is no truth, no mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Truthfully speaking, this country, the world, save outside the church and those that are letting God teach them, have really no knowledge of God. They don't understand what's going to happen. They don't know the future. They don't want to know the future. So God has a controversy with them because there is no truth or no mercy. You go to court, uh, you might find a judge who has a little mercy or you might have somebody that, a neighbor so, but probably won't have much in the line of mercy. Even if you say, I'm sorry, I, I really didn't mean it. There is no mercy nor knowledge of God. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood touches blood. That's what God thinks of this nation, this world, which is, a, is influenced by Satan. And we live in this world. I have to ask myself, The question do I get it? Do I really get what God's doing? And how about you? Do you ask? Do you really get it? Or are you allowing Satan to influence your thoughts? Because we have a choice. You You have a choice as an individual. You can go ahead and let Satan influence your thoughts, or... You can let God influence your thoughts. But do we really get it how much Satan is influencing our daily life? It's, it's happening to each one of us. I find it happening to me. I find it easy to uh, slip up here and there because we live with it all around us. It's there every day. We have a government that is that way. In Matthew chapter 23, uh, yeah, chapter 23, 23 uh, Christ speaking to the scribes and the Pharisees who really didn't have God's government down all the way, because our government certainly is influenced by this world, said, Woe to you scribes and Pharisees. Woe to our Congress, you might say. Woe to our president. Woe to our governor. Woe to our leadership and hopefully we as individuals seeking God and I'm pretty secure to think that in the leadership that God has given to us here that, that these people understand that you have to do it God's way. But to the world he says woe to you people for you pay tithes of mint, cumus, and anise, and have omitted What? What does this government for this world omitted? The weightier matters, justice, true justice, mercy and faith. This is what Christ is saying to the people. To this government of this country. You have you want taxes You want to control this area, and this area, and this area, but, you know, you really don't have real, true justice, nor mercy, nor faith. And if you look out there at the governments, it's those that have the biggest guns that rule. And they rule for whatever they want. And whether it be the police departments or the world governments, they rule because they've got the power. But they do not have a godly government. They just don't have that. They don't have godly health practices. If you try to follow God's law, what happens? They'll put you in jail, especially if it's a child, and probably try to take you away and commit you if you try to follow godly practices in health. And yet, their health practices are horrible. I've seen too much of that in my brother's lives. But that's the way this world goes. Their health practices, and they, they create all these chemical therapies that they, the end result is worse than the beginning, I think. <laughs> we live in a world where we've polluted our water our air, our food, our language. I mean, they've changed words around so that good words mean bad things. So we still live in a wrong way of life. Still, everything that we see in this world is being influenced by Satan. So do we ask that question? Again, I have to ask, do we get it? do we really get what's in control of this world today? Because we need to understand who's in charge. Emmanuel speaking to the Jews in John 8, 44, speaking to the Jews, which supposedly believed on him, He said, you are of your father the devil and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. This is this world we live in. The truth is not there. So we live in a world that is influenced by Satan. We live in a world that is satanical. The practices are that. Something that we have to fight on a daily basis. Are you fighting that? Are you doing the things that God wants you to do? You know, God says our heart is deceitful. So we can be tuned to the wrong things too, can't we? So how much do we allow this world to influence us? How much is there that we can change? 2 Timothy 3, Terry pointed that out. Let me go back there and get that. I, I, I jotted that down when he was because I thought, boy, this is... Uh, is really interesting because it does fit. Know you, 3 verse 1, This know also that in the last days, perilous times will come. <laughs> because we live in Satan's world. That's why they come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. That is an attitude of Satan. Satan loved himself. Can you imagine back there in Isaiah 14, I think it is, uh, talks about Satan. When Satan was created, it was given the beauty, the understanding, uh, knowledge, given all these things, the tremendous, greatest creation at that time, and put on this earth. And somewhere in the process of time, going back and forth to God's throne, saying the things because we know it talks about trafficking and merchandising and stuff. So there was a lot of things happening on this earth that maybe we don't really know at this time, but sometime God will influence or show us the right true knowledge there. But somewhere in that space of time, going back and forth from the throne of God to earth and earth back to the throne of God and walking across the sea of glass, that being must have realized how beautiful it was, how smart it was, how intelligent it was, had to understand all the abilities that it had, and it became puffed up then it. Pride entered in. So the days that we're talking about the future for men shall be lovers of their own self. Satan became a lover of his own self to the point to say, Why don't I run everything? Why don't I be in charge, in control? And set out to do that. And set out and cause dissension. So God looks at dissension as a terrible thing because God witnessed a third of the angels leaving His way of life because of discord. But here Satan loved himself so much that he forgot that God created, that God is in charge. Do we love ourselves that much that we forget who is doing the teaching, who is leading? God chose the leaders all through history that we have. And all through history... There's always been someone around to say, I can do it better than you can. And what attitude is that? It goes right back to the very beginning, doesn't it? The attitude of that being that said, look how great I am. So all through history, even down to this day and time, when we can sit out here and say, I can teach... I can show these things better than the one God selected to do it. And then we set out and caused dissension. So is it any wonder that God doesn't like this world or that attitude? He just doesn't care for it. So we live in that world today. And it goes on and shows their boasters and proud and... You know, this is satanical attitude. This is Satan's influence on mankind brought out right here for us to look and say, huh, I knew this long before I did. He's telling me what the influence of Satan will do. Do you want to be influenced by Satan? How much, ask ourselves, how much am I personally influenced by Satan? Or am I completely, 100% committed to God and letting Him influence me? That's what we're working toward. I understand that. I think we're all really working toward being 100% influenced by God and the time in the future when God will influence every action, every thought that we have. That's what God's working toward if we're willing to let Him do that. So where do we sit today? We live in a world where it's not a godly world, only inside God's church, if we are allowing our minds to be influenced by God. We want to be a part of what God wants. I know I stated at the beginning of this, I'm going to go into a world without Satan. But I really wanted to cover, first of all, how the world is influenced by Satan. Everything we do, TV, radio, magazines, news broadcasts, are they not influencing, are they not being controlled by Satan? He broadcasts through their attitudes. We have to really understand, before we can grasp how great the world tomorrow is going to be, until we really fully understand how much this world is influenced by Satan. It's deceived because they listen to what they're told. And I don't care the food you eat. Have we not gone out there with our great wisdom, you know, and uh, destroyed the food? We have done uh, genetic alterations of God's food. Things that God created, we've genetically changed that. We go out and say, well, I can't eat meat anymore because God didn't give it in the Garden of Eden. But if you read on in Genesis, and God talks to Noah and said, you can eat food, you can eat meat. He gave him meat to eat. And he said, that's what it's created for. So we make a worldly decision influenced by Satan. So we are influenced on our food. We included our water. We pollute our minds by the things that we listen to, things we read, and we question God. I'm sorry that it's, it's so easy to do that, But God's allowed it, hasn't he? So again, I come back to that point and say, you can't change the world. But you can change the world by changing yourself. We can look for a better way of life. A government that is not a government of men. A government led by Satan. So our government is polluted. Our food is polluted. Our airways are polluted. The air we breathe is polluted. And everything we do becomes polluted because it's all under Satan's influence. So once we understand that we live in Satan's world, then we can go to a point, venture on to what it will be like in the world tomorrow. A world without Satan. I mean, just give that a lot of thought. No more polluted air, because we'll know that we shouldn't do that. We will not want to do that. We won't pollute our food, because we'll know that by polluting your food, you destroy your body, and you'll eventually corrupt your body and die. We won't pollute our education, which which is very polluted today. We'll have godly education. We won't pollute our water and we won't pollute our government because we'll have godly government. It will be God's government from the top down and not a government that is to benefit those that are in the top, but it's to benefit everybody. So maybe next time, I'm going to let you go early. I told my wife I ought to let everybody go early. I've got enough more here material that... I can't do it in the next 20 minutes anyway. And I'd hate to get started and cover it. So, I want us all to really grasp and think about all the rest of this day and how bad this world is so that you realize, I don't want to be a part of this. I just don't want to be a part of what Satan's doing. It's temporary. Our lives are temporary. We don't really know what life really is until we are given life we get a foretaste in the scriptures of what life is no no end of life you know God says has no beginning and no end there's no end to life peace I mean look at the peace that's yet to come we don't have peace today we fight even amongst ourselves sometimes you know Because our, we still have a little bit of influence, you know, a little bit of Satan's influence. We can rub each other wrong, you know. We can say a word, or we can make an action that uh, might rub somebody else wrong. But we won't do that in the world tomorrow. So ask yourself again, how much am I really influenced by this world I live in? And how much am I influenced by what's in this book? If we're influenced by this and when God tells us, you know, there are things we've learned. Do we make those changes? Sure we do. But you can't tell somebody else because they won't change until their mind is open to the Spirit of God. And you have to have an open mind. Many are called, but only a few who are opening their minds are going to be selected. And those that are willing to change. I mean, not only can you understand it, but you have to change. You know, you repent and turn around. You have to turn it around. So, I know I've got a lot of things to work on. And I try to work on them, but I'm like, maybe like you are, maybe you're not as good. Maybe you don't have the problems I have. I mean, maybe it's easier for you. But when I get up out of the morning out of bed and I'm feeling, man, I'm great. I've got it made. And I get my feet on the ground and I start backward again. So, I look forward to that time that I don't have to have the wrong message being sent to see the wrong attitudes like we learned in the sermonette. If we don't have those wrong attitudes in our minds, we don't have to deal with that on a daily basis. So let's think about those things and really, really question ourselves: on am I, as an individual, as a human being, influenced by Satan? Or how much am I, and am I fighting that?